Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan. Um, today, we've got a fantastic, amazing guest on, Chris Walker from Travel Fit. Hello. Thanks Hello. for having me. Thank you for being here, brother. I was telling you earlier on this conversation how much I appreciate the work you're doing in this space. And also, you're kind of remodeling the health lifestyle and also remodeling the branding of what health actually is, you know, because health is always separated as two, but it's getting combined as one with your work. And I do want to get into that deeper as we're going in on the podcast, but I just wanted to give that little shout out at the start to show you my appreciation. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate your support along the journey as well. You've been uh, part of the the starting foundations of it all too. Oh man, like I've only we've known each other for would you say six months longer? Yeah, probably about be about six months now, actually. Yeah, six about to, that many. Yeah, five, between six five, and nine, probably nine months actually. Cause we're in the new year. Yeah. I think I met you around March. Yeah, yeah, so yeah nine yeah. months, yeah. man. It feels like I've known <laughs> you so much longer than nine months. Like, like, I remember the first ever conversation we had, and it was like an hour of deep conversation. Like, yeah, and now every single time I'm with you, we're just talking and talking. They just it feels like I've known you my whole life. Like, <laughs> yeah, same. And I think that's good though. Like, you know, having that ability to actually have real conversations without that awkwardness or i guess even worry of you know being judged too like that's like i'm like i think you're very similar to me in the sense of you know we just say say it how it is and i guess if people take take it they take it and if they don't they don't but having yeah. that ability as men too to actually be like you know what fuck it like i'm gonna say what's on my head in my head and what's how i'm feeling and yeah it doesn't matter true. And that shows real strength, being able to actually talk about your emotions and talk about what is happening within your own mind. And I believe it's a practice that more men, even women too, should try and implement in their lives is actually talking to people. Even like when I first met you, you're a complete stranger. And I kind of like told you about my whole life and what I'm struggling with. <laughs> and, like, and it's kind of just formed this beautiful friendship that we've got now. Yeah, definitely. You know, doing even doing that event at Morgan's, like that was such a... Mm such a huge thing too like just going through that journey together and having a like a friend that you can you know rely on to can i converse about what you're going through with um those deeper values and beliefs that you know were embedded in me and knew that we didn't realize we had and um just having that ability to hold that space and yeah just shifting perspectives yeah, because debriefing is huge, especially in terms of when we do go to events, like that Morgan one you mentioned, there was a three-day event that we went to. And there's so much things coming up within our own past and also our own conditioned beliefs and our blind spots that we're not aware of. And just being able to actually talk it through with someone else because you do get great advice from other people, especially yourself. But when you actually speak in your own thoughts, you actually figure it out yourself while you're speaking too. So it's like... It's like a double double. Like it's just, it's a beautiful thing being able to talk what's on your mind because you get good advice and also you figure it out. Yeah, you get to like hear what you're, you kind of the patterns that you already know these. Like it's quite interesting. Like I think about this a little bit too. Like my mind kind of goes to different things all the time. Like kind of like a, if you could imagine like a ping pong table and then two just bats is hitting the ball back and forth. That's kind of like my head is going to idea or thought or whatever it is sometimes. And just like, 
when you realize that like we all have the answers within us straight away and we've always had the answers but when it we actually like like you said we speak it out and we actually like throw it out in the, the words out there and then we start to realize like what is right and wrong and what um we've been searching for we've always known the whole time you know that could be for instance um maybe an in, intuition about someone who may not be serving you or an idea that isn't as maybe pure, I guess, or it's not coming from the right mm. place um, versus something that's, you know, do more for someone else than yourself. And just when you actually speak out, you start to speak your truth and then you start mm. to understand what's actually going to serve you and what's not, not going to serve you too. That's it. When you speak out, you see, and that's how I say it, you see more mm. within yourself. That's a beauty. I want to ask, when was the first time that you actually felt like you could start opening up and be comfortable with it? Could you lead me up to that journey? Maybe the first time it was a struggle to when you started feeling comfortable with talking, if you are. Yeah, I I guess I kind of always go back to my upbringing because I, I find like that that helps people understand like why the way, why I way and how I am today. Um, so... I kind of, I grew up um, with my mom and that was it. So my dad left when I was born. Um, he just left. I know his name's James Armstrong. Um, if you listen to this, where are you? <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially I never met my dad. Um, I used to struggle with that a lot. Um, my mom has spina bifida, so she's never been able to walk. Yeah. Um, so kind of growing up with those things at the start, so, you know, having Christmases where maybe there wasn't a present one year or maybe we'd go through times where we wouldn't eat, that made me realize when I was younger, I had to grow up pretty quick. And when you grow up pretty quick, you don't really learn how to manage your emotions or understand that it's okay to speak because, you know, there's a, you've got a, a, a female figure, my, my mother, and she did the best she could and did a wonderful job to be that male figure role model as well. Um, but if you don't have two aspects of your masculine and feminine as role models in your life growing up, then there's going to be a few bits and bobs that you're missing out on. So mm. it's kind of like trying to someone saying, Hey, can you draw a picture of um, let's say a bear, but you've never seen a bear in your life and there's no photo photo to actually see the bear. Mm. So having the expectation that you're going to know how to picture something or do something or understand something just isn't really going to fit in without a little bit of instruction from external sources. So having those things growing up, I found that that really did embed in me a lot of like emotional challenges. So as I grew up, you know, I found it really hard to express love to people. Mm. Um, throughout high school um, due to being treated badly by so some so-called friends. Um, and it wasn't really until I went through like a few other challenges, like a friend of mine dying from a drug overdose um, where I kind of like fully lost, lost myself a little bit there um, that I, I, I cried and I, I, I realized like, wow, like life's short and there is so much to live for. That was probably the first kind of moment I had actually like letting go of something that was built up inside of me. Mm. Um, but through a journey of, you know, working past that, 
I still held like a lot of resentment and anger and frustration inside me due to the, I guess, the feeling of never feeling good enough um, from feeling abandoned and unworthy and uh, never really being, I guess, never having that, that feeling of, I guess, gratification, approval, contentment uh, from, you know, the, the people I wanted those, those things from. Mm. So as I, I grew up and I continued down this journey of life, I think it wasn't until fast forward through a few challenges that we'll come back to. Yeah. Uh, it was probably not until I was, if I had to put a pin on it, when I was probably 20, 20 23. Mm. 22, 23. I'd probably say 22. Yeah. So it was just before I moved over to London where I actually, something clicked in my head where I saw my friends, like my new group of friends, like being like, oh, I love you. Uh, give you a hug or like, you know, you've got, you know, girls like showing their, mm-hmm. their that they, they love you and your male friends that they love you and all this like really wholesome contentment love that yeah. I really struggled with. And probably, probably I'd say even when I turned 21, it started then from ever having, having a somewhat of a serious relationship, yep. being able to actually unfold some of the layers, peel back the layers from the onion, being able to actually say to someone, I love you, which I never really ever did. Hmm. Um, to then realizing that, you know, it is okay to fully open up and express yourself. Yeah, well, man, I appreciate you taking us on that journey to bring us to that point of able to express your emotions. Because for young men, especially in my line of work, because I work with the youth, you see a lot of them that struggle to actually speak what they're going for is that mentality of it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And the question I want to ask, because I was quite similar growing up. Um, my father moved back to the UK at a young age. And the thing that I was finding through that was that I was never feminine, even though I grew up in the female household when I didn't have a masculine figure to act masculine, but I always had a masculine mask on. So I found it strange how I always had this masculine mask on, but I could never tap into the feminine, even though I was only around feminine energy. Did you feel the mm-hmm. same with that too? And do you feel like you had to put a mask on to, so you could be the masculine figure in the household? Or was you just confused and you're just acting um, whatever you thought was? That makes sense. <laughs> I think uh, for me, I think I never knew what feminine and masculine energy was. I didn't know that a man is, this is what makes a man, this is what makes a woman, not mm-hmm. based on external things like what what you look like, um, but just the the general feelings. Like I, I didn't understand how to regulate my own emotions. So I did find at times I was always putting a mask on like, oh, I'm strong, you know, talking shit, um, you know, fuck this, fuck that. Oh, mm. you know, just always trying to be somewhat of a, a, a man or an alpha or, or someone who was essentially trying to be better than someone else. But that was probably the first thing from the truth when it comes to actually being a man. A man isn't someone who 
is, you know, a larrikin, a dickhead, someone who's mm. trying to measure their dick. Yeah. <laughs> and, so I can describe it. Um, you know, it's good to like a man is someone who does have fun. They're cheeky. Um, they're confident in them, in themselves and their mission. It's someone who is able to tap into that feminine energy, but also remain in that masculine energy as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that because going through life, man, like we're, um, we're unsure until we hit a point where it's a very eye opening. Like you said, when you got into the relationship, that's when you realize you that you could actually open up and actually speak about stuff. And they gave that realization. But do you think when you move over to the UK, that also helped because you're in a new environment? So you felt like you could re-identify yourself in the new environment? I think in the new be- environment was a, a really big thing for me. Prior to um, moving over to um, London, I went through like a few little struggles that kind of led me to that. Yeah. You know, that first relationship that was really beautiful. Mm. Um, best thing about that relationship was that's when I actually got, I actually, um, realized that I had anxiety and depression, um, because that partner at the time actually, um, she did a mental first aid and I didn't even know what, <laughs> I didn't even know what uh, mental health was. <laughs> yeah. What age was this? Yeah. Uh, I was 20, 20 going on 21. Yeah. So she said, oh, like, have you ever done a mental health test? And I was like, no, what, no, what's that? Mm. Don't be silly. I'm not anxious or depressed. You know, having that facade on, having that, that, that mask on. Yeah. And anyway, she's like, oh, you're, you're, you're pretty severely depressed and anxious. And I was like, okay. And she was like, you should probably go see a psychologist. And this is like, because I always say to people, it's kind of like everything that happens to us when we're younger builds up into our future. And if we always try and hide away from it we're ne- and we never face it, we're never going to overcome the things that are actually holding us back um, from experience and from most people I know who are successful or have overcome a lot of issues. The thing that was always holding them back was those those um, those beliefs, that unworthiness or whatever it may be. Um, but going back to, you know, seeing a psychologist, I started to see a psychologist. And, you know, after when I started to see a psychologist, you know, this was, this was 2014. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And what was your um, mindset going into seeing the psychologist? Was there a stigma around that? hundred percent. I, mm. I was like, this is going to be the biggest waste of time. I'm going to go for one session and then I'm going to leave because I'm not going to get shit out of this yeah and it's so funny because i went in there in this frame of mind and i was scared as fuck i was like fuck they're gonna ask me about my emotions they're gonna see the real me i you know i don't even know who the real me is um and i went in there i started talking to this lady i i can't remember her name but unreal like you know we just started with some simple things we went through you know the the test that they go through i got a mental health um uh, referral Uh, Yep. Um, And then I went through the assessment and then it just started by identifying the emotions, emotions that I was feeling throughout the day. And I tracked it every, every day I tracked it for a week until I saw her again. Hmm. And, you know, I went back there and she's like, okay, all right, well, 
now let's think about like what's causing this like is it lack of sleep is it stress is you being triggered like all these different fundamental things that helped me understand a little bit more in my own emotional state um so i went i saw her for till the end of 2015 Mm. um and you know during this time that's obviously when i had a friend who died from drug overdose um i had a friend who uh committed suicide, um, having past traumas, bringing in that. And I drowned myself in a lot of alcohol and drugs um, prior to seeing the psychologist and a little bit during too, until I actually made those steps towards changing my friend group, um, drink, not drinking really mm. anymore, um, working out and just doing more soul-fulfilling things like hiking mountains, going to places, seeking new experiences. So I, I did that until 2000, end of 2015, which was leading me to moving to London. So that was one of, that's one of the biggest fundamental things for me was changing, shifting my perspective on mindset. Because one thing I, I didn't ever really touch on this until only recently um, in a podcast with Dan and Jaron and stuff was probably when I expressed it more than I ever have. Um, but even now, like I was super suicidal, like, like there was so many times when I'd be on the side of the road in my car and I'd be calling a friend and, you know, I'd just be stuck. I'd be stuck on the side of the road in my car and I'd be like, I fucking just want to end it. Is this or, post substances? This is, um, yeah. So hmm. after substances, usually after a really, usually a big weekend for sure. But I used to drink every day. Hmm. Um drink every day, I'd smoke, um, do, do drugs here and there, like just more like, you know, yeah, MDMA, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it was, it happened, it only happened a few times, but, you know, I was so lucky that I had some, I had friends around me that would come and help me. My mum didn't even know about any of this. She knew I was depressed and anxious, but she didn't know that I was out on the side of the road at like two in the morning with a friend sitting next to me in my car telling me how much he loved me and how much he wanted me to be here. Yeah. And me completely distraught and not even not even realizing that there was so much to see and so much to do and how how beautiful the world is. But I guess when you have that feeling of like purposelessness and you feel alone from, you know, past experiences and things building up without facing them, you, mm-hmm. this is what causes people to get to this point. They don't face these dark things because they don't want to feel the emotional state that it brings with it. Yeah. But as soon as you go through the dark tunnel and you see the light, my friend, it, it gets beautiful again. Because the thing is, when you store things, it gets heavier because that filing cabinet is just going to get bigger and bigger until you open it and start picking stuff out one by one and working through it. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's just like, just being, knowing that everything will be okay and you will get through it is the biggest thing. Like no matter how dark or heavy or alone you feel, there is always people around you and there always is opportunities and you were born for a reason is the biggest thing. Cause so many people forget that, you know, I think it's a 700 and trillion one to one chance of you being born. Mm. All those little sperms fighting around trying to get out there it's like speed and cars like i was like michael gonna... phelps in there yeah 
100%. Like, you are Michael Phelps. I am Michael um, Phelps. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, there's no one is brought into this world without some kind of purpose. We all have purpose. We just take time to realize what that purpose is. We all have to answer again within us. But, you know, obviously at that time, it didn't feel like I had that. And, you know, I, as I was going through this process of, you know, changing my habits, my beliefs, and, you know, I went through a breakup just after I started seeing the psychologist, which is a big push for me to go down that dark path as well. I um, made the decision in 2015, probably about, I think I bought my tickets in maybe August or a little bit after that. And then I left in uh, October. What made you say I'm going to the UK, like out of any, or England, out of any country in the world, why was it England? Well, I always, to be honest, there was two countries. There was Canada and there was um, London. And I was actually going to go to Canada first, but I have, I did have a uh, criminal record. So um, I got caught drink driving when I was 16. Oh, that's big in Canada, isn't it? What, sorry? I think that's big in Canada as well, drink driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's why you decided yeah. to go to England? Yeah, so I couldn't go to Canada. I was banned from, essentially banned from the country. I couldn't get in unless I had a clean record because yeah. um, I chatted to someone about visas and there's like, there's no way. Because um, I had two charges from that, obviously being on my learners and obviously being drunk. So there was, yeah, it wasn't going to happen. Um and so I was like, all right, well, London seems cool. So I read a book called The Alchemist. Unreal book. <laughs> I was scrolling through your Instagram today before the podcast and I saw a post oh, back in 2014, I think it was, of you posting that book yeah. called The Alchemist. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Best book. First book I read and best book I've read so far because literally that book changed my life. It is mm. not even a, it is a personal development book to a point. It's just a storyline that makes you think about your life and, gives you some kind of understanding of why we're, we're here. Mm, that's beautiful. And, you know, I read that book and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to move to London. So I got three jobs, um, saved up a decent amount of money to get over there, organized the visa, organized the flights. I was going to go with a friend, but he bailed. And I was like, I'm going and flew over there by myself. I was just going to stay for six months. And next thing you know, I stayed for the the full two years because I've always, for so long, I wanted to leave Orange mm. uh, where I more or less grew up in from 2000. I was born in Canberra, but I tried to move so many times and I just struggled. And I always knew deep inside my soul that where I was living in Orange, like that environment, that country town was not for me. It was not the environment I was made to live in. Mm. So... You know, I me moving to London was the best thing I could have ever done because changing my environment, that was the that was a huge, that was the final piece to my puzzle in life. Yeah. That was everything that shifted my whole perspective to really influence me to a whole nother level to who I am today. That's a big part of who I am and why Travel Fit is here. Like if I never traveled, Travel Fit never would have been made. Yeah. So what would you say would be the difference from the day in Australia where you got on the airport and talking about mindset or mindful. Yeah. So the day you're getting on the plane in Australia to the day you're walking out of London Heathrow Airport, what was different? 
in that short period of time? Was there a difference? Was there, was that mm. sense of opportunity? Was that sense of, I can create something here. I've got a new chance at this. Was there a difference? I think I always associated Orange as a place that people knew too much about me, which they did. Um, and I always felt deep down, whether it's true or not, that I was being judged for the character or the persona that was projected onto me from my past actions and behaviours. Yeah. And that's all people saw, saw me for. Um, so having the ability to move somewhere else and start fresh and recreate myself, a better version of myself for Chris 2.0. Um, that was such a, a freeing feeling. The ability to go somewhere and be like, I'm 24 hours away on a plane. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do everything I can in my ability to live my life the way I want to live it. Um, and in no way, did I still make, I've still made some bad decisions. Like, you know, whether that be hanging around different people, people I shouldn't hang around or whatever it may be, but the, the ability to shift my perspective from going from maybe something so small and so restricted and so limited to now being like, I'm, un, I'm unlimited. Like I'm free. Like I, I can do anything. That was the, that was me breaking the chain in my perspective in life. Yeah. Well, so it was when you moved over to London, would you say your mental health started getting better at that stage or were you still, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like even, you know, when I had my last session with the psychologist, I was, I'd never felt so happy in my life. Hmm. Um, and, you know, just going over overseas really just shifted my perspective so much that I felt, I felt so free um, and so full and so confident in myself yeah. that I, I can no longer had to try and be someone who was no longer serving me mm. or who was trying to keep me safe, I guess, which, you know, is the ego, of course. Yeah. That's it's very heroic, heroic of yourself to actually take that step and move overseas as well. Like that's a big shift. And to make yeah, that decision on yourself and that, when your friends backing out last minute and everything, man, like to make that change, you know, that shows a lot of strength within you, even if, even if you didn't see it at the time within yourself. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Like it, you know, and to be honest, it, it was scary, I guess. But as soon as I got on the plane, like I was like, no, this is where I'm meant to be. Yeah. Whereabouts we in all, London did you live? I lived in a place called Leightonstone on the east side of London. Oh, he's sad. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as you're not in the south side, you're fine. <laughs> uh, I, I, to be honest, I saw a dude get stabbed in the south side. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's a bit full on. <laughs> yeah. Never, never go to the south. Never go to the last stop on the south side. That the is rule stop. number. Yeah. <laughs> so no. in the how, how far in England did you um, travel? Did you go to much places? Um, so I went to around around Europe, I went to 26 countries. Um, mm -hmm. and in London, I, you know, I went up to, um, Scotland. So just general Edinburgh. Um, I went up to Wales. I went around to, you know, your general Bath, like Bath, um, uh, went all around London. 
uh, went to Brighton. Yeah, I went to a few different places all yeah. around and saw a lot of like the the heritage and the history. And yeah, Eng- England is just so beautiful. Oh, architecture. Yeah. Mm. Architecture, the story, the, you know, the people are really cool. Everyone has a story. Everyone knows something mm. about the culture. But you spinned out the first time you went there. Then when you went to like a different suburb, everyone had a different accent. Were you confused it about that? Strangest <laughs> thing. I like, you know, first up, I had to get used to like living in East London. Yeah. You know, they're, they're kind of just like, isn't it, fam? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, geezer. Yeah. And you go to the West End and they say geezer a lot or like they've either got like that high, long-worded tone mm. or then you go to South Side and then you go, it, it's so interesting. Then you just go to the central of London and it's completely different as well. And that's it's like a mixture. in London. Yeah. yeah. And that was so strange. It was cool. Mm. So I try and explain that to people like um, over here in Australia. It's like, what do you mean everyone in England has a different accent? I was like, if you go from Liverpool to London, you'll be like, what is happening here? <laughs> Tell the difference too, like mm. Scouse, Scouse, Scouse people. Yeah, you can tell that oh. Scouses are heavily influenced by Irish because people always ask me if I'm Irish all the time. But no, yeah. I'm from Liverpool. <laughs> it, it's, oh, I remember meeting some some dudes, like I don't know what country it was. I was somewhere and they were talking to me. I just had no idea what they were saying. And I was like... Have a good night. Yeah. So, yeah. Just nodding your head. No idea. <laughs> not, a, not a clue in the world. Um, but, yeah, it's a wonderful place. I definitely would have come back if my visa didn't expire. Mm. What were some of your highlights from living abroad and traveling to 26 um, countries? The highlights were probably how wherever you go, like whatever country you go to, there's the cultures like the cultures are different, but the people like will always remain the same. There's always good people. Mm. Um, that that was a huge eye opener for me. Like going to all these places with really rich culture and them all being really kind and having that ability to help you if you need help or you know just being embedded in places that are so passionate about whether that be family or whether that be um, a specific thing of culture or whatever it is. Like, like I've, I've never seen so much passion about, you know, different things in different places compared to Australia's like Australia, you know, we might be known as nice people, but Mm. when you go to Europe and you start talking to all these people in different countries, they're not, they're super nice people. Like tradition. Yeah, just the huge tradition that every country kind of represents. And, you know, there's some cool things I did, like did running with the bulls in Spain and you know, did and I Listen, walked around Isle of Man. Oh, awesome. Isle of Man. Yeah. I'm not going to oh. lie. Listen to that bull story on Den and Jaren's podcast. I was funny. I was cracking up. <laughs> oh, man. Like, like I said, like, I feel sorry for the dude. Like, I, yeah, I definitely took a life. I'm sorry, whoever you yeah. are. But when when you're like running down the streets and you know you got a you got a bunch of bulls running after you and you got all these all these people either like laying on the on the street or screaming or whatever it is. Fight or fight. Then, oh, like I'm sorry, I'm not freezing. I'm going for it. I'm I'm gonna get 
in that stadium and I'm just going to make sure that bull doesn't take me out because they will kill you. Like, those horns are huge. They're heavy too. Those bulls, like, big stumps and big legs. And, like, just do not condone the bull run at at all. Like, I had no idea how, one, how bad it was, like, animal cruelty. No idea until I did it. Mm. And two just how scary it was like holy mackerel i've never been like i've done skydiving and i've done jumped off cliffs and things like that but that bull run was the scariest thing i think i've ever done in my life i actually thought i was gonna die yeah well yeah it does look because you're not in control at all yeah oh to be honest actually i thought i was gonna die when i was surfing out at Murchi one day that was pretty scary too oh, really why did you hit a big wave <laughs> yeah I, I hit a big wave and my board snapped and then i was like just oh, getting no. I was in the washing machine in for a few cycles. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I've done that a couple of times with the bodyboard. I used to go up to Kings Beach when I was younger, and um, I used to wrap the um, strap around my leg. And I used to always just freak out when the ball would go underwater. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing oh. this for a bit now. Yeah, yeah. I, just need to <laughs> yeah. I might just chill uh, in the sand. That, you know, those near-death experiences, I guess, are uh, some of the things that actually – make you appreciate life too <laughs> yeah they do and in those fight flight or fight moments that's like one of the truest forms of being in the present because we're so focused on the now so i'm reading a book called the power of now and it's explaining that to try and create a lifestyle of presence rather than just only tapping into it when our life is in danger and bringing mm. that bring i mean in control of your thoughts as well because our thoughts rather is anxiety from the future or it's going to be trauma, depression, anxiety from the past. And we believe our past is our identity from our life experiences, which it is to an extent, but who we are now, that's our identity. What our values are today, what our beliefs are today, not decisions we made in the past, not who we, we can be in the future. All we have is the moment. I guess when you, you bring yourself back to that moment, you don't, stress you're not overwhelmed not worried you're just there and it's so easy to say how like it's so easy to say just go back to the present because i know how hard it can be like you know when you maybe you're stressed maybe something's happening with your family maybe your girlfriend broke up with you maybe you've just lost your job whatever it may be but those circumstances are the most important time to put yourself into that present moment and it's not just about like trying to meditate Mm -hmm. or trying to be zen because there's such a projection on it being like something you have to sit down and you got to just like focus on one thing it's literally just go for a walk and just look at the trees or go look at the grass or keep your mind active but live in the moment or mm. like click your fingers, like bring yourself back. Cause that when you click your fingers or you snap a band or, or you, I don't know, hit, hit your leg or whatever it is. Then you're like, Oh fuck that hurt. Like I'm yeah. here. Like this is real for me right now. And that's all that should matter. Yeah, exactly. And also what Ty taught us at the travel fit um, event that I went to just a five second inhale, five second exhale and just keep doing that to, calm your brainwaves i forgot what the brainwave names were but i feel like that's a so, cool tactic as well you've got there's theta alpha beta what's the fourth one i can't remember 
Should have done a bit of research. That's right. But it's for gamma. For gamma. That's gamma. it. There we go. Um, yeah. So you got your four brainwave states, and you know when you can regulate regulate your breath, and you can regulate your nervous system, and your nervous systems, which is what regulates your emotional state. So just breathing, like like you said, what Ty talked about. Uh, you know, breathing five seconds in and five seconds out. The, the biggest thing is like one from a, a a nervous system state. We're just regulate regulating our nervous system. We're putting ourselves in a more parasynthetic state. But if we look at it from oxygen and carbon dioxide, we're just exchanging oxygen and carbon dioxide to create a, a even chemical balance in our brain, so that we're not overwhelmed so we're getting enough oxygen in and we're expanding enough oxygen out so many people talk about you got to just get oxygen in that's not going to help like you need an equal balance of both to actually yeah. have a stable uh, chemical balance it's like with anything in life you need balance you know you gotta have the yin 100%. the yang and you know even with like even just like continuing down that path of the nervous system like i, th- I just think like if so many people like just understand how important it is to regulate your nervous system you can you can change your life like that's the Mm. thing that regulates your life like and to touch on uh, so like i guess people listening in like you know your parasynthetic nervous system that's like your rest and digest so that's you know when your body's looking after itself you've got more uh proactive thoughts less reactive thoughts you're at your healthiest point um you have full brain capacity you've Versus your synthetic state, which is your uh, fight, flight, and freeze. Um, so you do one of those three things usually. You're more reactive. You're emo- more emotional. Um, your immune system goes down about 50%. Your IQ goes down 50%. Um, and that's when people get sick. That's when people get stressed. That's when people make the wrong decisions. And more relationships or more career choices or more opportunities or more life I guess, choices or hard questions that need to be answered. If you just took maybe five or 10 minutes, as hard as it is, to just do what you just said, five seconds in, five seconds out, and you put yourself in a parasynthetic state, you can then make a more informed decision and make the best possible choice for the best possible outcome. It's these small small sacrifices that we do as well to implement five minutes a day into these things because... At the end of the day, it is a practice. It's something that we have to do continuously to get the continuous results. You know, it's not something that you can do, you know, for like four weeks straight and then you're good for two years. It's like, it's got to be a daily practice or if you miss a day, don't stress, just get back onto the next day. Yeah. And, you know, like if you can't find 10 minutes out of 24 hours for your life, then, you know, what are you doing with your time? Hmm. Look on your phone. You spent three hours on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or TikTok or, you know, maybe you've been in Kmart too long or Audi looking at what they've got in that middle section. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like 10 minutes a day, everyone has 10 minutes to do this, to do these yeah. practices, you know. It's just, you just got to make the sacrifice, you know. It's like, what do you want? Do you want the temporary fix of social media or browsing or do you want, the more suitable lifestyle of being able to control this nervous system through breathing every day, which is five to 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and making those sacrifices can make a drastic life change in your own self. Like me, I was in the car crash about a year and a half ago and 
I did a lot of nerve damage in my neck. So like it made both my arms get real weak, pins and needles all the time. I couldn't really move because I just create loads of um, nervous system pain. But I was going to physio, but it was never working. Like it helped temporarily, but overall, like it wasn't helping too much. And then when I started doing breath work at more consistent rate, I started to realize that my pain was going away. Mm. And it's so crazy. Hey. Yeah. And now I do, obviously, I do breath work every day, not just for me nervous pain, but also my mental health because, you know, I'm a human. I still have my thoughts. I still struggle. But um, being able to do this and have that overall effect, it's beautiful. 100%. I think that's so good too. Like, even you just touching on we're all human because people paint a picture and project a lifestyle they project a highlight reel that that's how they are all the time which isn't real mm. and I, I just i just don't give a fuck what anyone says when they say like this is who i am all the time no you're a fucking liar like <laughs> you're sad i've seen yeah. you depressed like if we try and be at this this high all the time and you never let the the lows out, then how you expect it, like yin and yang, ying and yang, high and low, slow and fast. Life wasn't meant just for highs. Life was meant for lows too because mm-hmm. either is good because either is expressing an emotional state that we as humans are meant to express. I'm putting that message out there to the world like I'm always well, I'm always doing good, I'm always perfect. That has mm. such a negative effect on the people that are viewing that because that's when comparison comes in. You know, some people can control that temptation of comparison, but majority of people can't. And when that audience is viewing that, that creates more of a decline of mental health overall. And it could be so easy for me to jump on a page and post clips every day about improving mental health and saying this, I do this and that and this and that. But the only reason to do it is because I struggle with these things. And that's why I put, this stuff out to the world to show everyone what my daily practices are to try and maintain healthy mental health. And think about healthy mental health. It fluctuates so much because even though I'm not diagnosed with depression, I have depressive moments. Even though I'm not Mm -hmm. diagnosed with anxiety, I have anxious moments. It's just a part of daily human life. You know, we have these feelings and to block that out and say to the whole world, I'm always perfect, creates a false image that people compare themselves to. You know, like my favorite, my favorite saying ever. And, you know, I've suffered with this so much in the past and, you know, it still comes back every now and again as well is like comparison is the theft of joy. Mm, it is. If, you know, you're always looking at the highlight reels and you're always comparing yourself to where someone else is, then you stop working on yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because, you compare yourself in so many ways, whether it's fitness, someone to a six pack and you don't, whether it's looking beautiful or whether it's, you know, being good at football or whether it's, I don't know, doing good skills on tech decks on TikTok, whatever it is you compare <laughs> yourself to, you know, like you just got to focus on your own journey and where you're at and do and the strategies that help you. A hundred percent. And I'm sure everyone can relate when I say like, if you've ever gone through a breakup, and then you hear, you see couples like together all the time. And then you hear these songs like I miss you. And then you just hear this shit and it just triggers this thing. 
that's what you're essentially doing to yourself on purpose when you're on Instagram in a sad state looking at all these highlight reels. You're just triggering yourself consistently over a period of time, exhausting yourself, sucking out your dopamine, making yourself feel empty versus going, I don't know, to a, the beach or going to a forest or hanging out with friends and, again, being present. Yes. Fill uh, your cup try and empty it. Fill your cup and try and empty it. Like oh, before that. you try and empty it. Oh, before you try and empty it. Yeah, that, that's good. Because I used to be, obviously, I was a victim of all that comparison on Instagram, you know, especially when I used to be really into gym before my car crash, I'd look at all the dudes and wish I looked like that. And then just going down that rabbit hole of just like, like you said before, comparison is the fee for joy. And I really felt that over myself. And then now when I did a detox from who I'm following on social media, you know, it's not anyone's fault that I was following depending on what the pushing out there. It was mainly the way I received it. So once mm. I did that detox of I'm following a lot of accounts, only following what I want to receive in energy, I started to get a better outcome when I did scroll on social media. So anyone listening to this, I recommend going through who you're following. And if you feel anything that we've touched on here to unfollow these accounts, because at the end of the day, you want to focus on your journey, what you're doing. And if you're starting to get caught up in the emotional states because of your comparison to others, then you need to unfollow that. Mm, 100%. And that's like people who are killing it in life or people who are just being bitchy. <laughs> like, but, you know, you, we're all in control of writing our own story. Mm. And if your story in each page was, I looked at this dude and he had a Lamborghini. What's that guy's name? I can't remember. Oh, damn. Damn. Doesn't matter. That a guru, right? now. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. We oh, Ty Lopez. Yeah. Um, and you look at him and you're like, oh, today I saw a Lamborghini and I really wanted it. And that was the story and that was it. Hmm. What if the story went, today I saw a Lamborghini and I made the conscious decision that I'm going to get a Lamborghini one day and I'm going to do everything I need to do. And today I did this, this, and this. Yeah, it actually showed the sacrifices and hard work and the mm. struggles it took to get there too because we all face struggles day to day. It's just some are publicized and some are not. Yeah, 100%. Every, yeah, just being so mindful of just like what you're consuming and what you're projecting out there and not being so reliant on instant gratification, especially in our generation um, I think it's so huge. Everyone wants something straight away or everyone has this entitlement mm. like that they deserve something. You don't. If you didn't come first at the fucking running race, then fuck off. Like you didn't put enough work in. Like yeah. it is what it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Karen, but fucking Sally didn't try hard enough. Yeah, that's it. It is what it is. And that's then... okay, but like that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's okay to lose. Because if you don't lose, you don't win ever because you never appreciated any of the process to winning. If you don't lose, you don't win ever. Um, that yeah. is, that's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. All my, all my losses in life have brought me to the person I am today. And it's going to bring me to my wins. And you have to face those losses. You have to face those feelings. You have to learn from those lessons. Because like you said, if you don't lose, you're never going to win because you don't learn. You know, people just focus so much on trying to be somewhere versus actually being mindful of like 
the worst things, like you said, that have ever happened to us are the best things that have ever given us an opportunity to go in a new direction or open a new door. Like, like if I don't know, like for instance, I guess if my first girlfriend and I never broke up, I'd still probably be in orange. Yeah. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have done all the things, wouldn't have gone to London, been to 26 countries, met the queen, like done all these different particular things, built, founded travel fit, met incredible people like incredible people like yourself on the Sunshine Coast because I would never mm. would have came here. Yeah, it's all about that perspective, eh? Like if I never mm. went through all my troubles, I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you on the One Talk podcast. Probably would have never met you. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's all these trials and it's tribulations for life. You're always like one decision away from changing your life. And it doesn't matter how big or how small the decision is, but everything leads you down a new journey that you just don't know. Mm. So talking about new journey, this has set this up well. Talking about <laughs> new journey, going back to London. Was that when yeah. Travel Fit became an idea in London or was when you moved back to Australia? So the idea of Travel Fit came in 2016. I was um, walking... Uh, in the east side of London, I went to this gym called Muscle Hut. I don't know why I laugh every time I say it. It's just like such a funny name. Like it's such a like it's such a typical gym name. And it was such a typical, like it was the sickest gym. Like everyone, every dude there was so nice, mm. but they were all jacked. Like they were all yeah. big dudes, like the skinniest dude there. And I was like, hey, hey, bro. And he's like, hey man, how are you? <laughs> biggest gym. Just like real light voice. Just hey, hey. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> just go <laughs> do my stuff. Um, but you know, anyway, I was walking home in the side of London, Leighton Stone, um, and I, I don't know, I just kept, something came to me. And I was kind of like, what What am I doing with my life, and what am I doing for myself, and what am I doing going to do for others that's going to give me the life that I've always wanted? And I was like, all right, well, what is it that I'm passionate about? What do I like, and what do I like doing? So I was like, okay, well, I've really changed my life by working on my mindset and my body and traveling. And it, it kind of like, it literally just came to me like lightning. It was literally like, like that. And I was like, travel fit. And I'll never be able to explain the real feeling I had when I just said those words. It was just like, this is it. Like, this is everything that I've been searching for in my life up until this moment. And to still, still to this day, I know it's going to be the biggest thing in the world, and I know it's my purpose. This is this story is telling me, and also you told Darren and Jaren, Dan and Jaren on the Passion Project podcast. This story is going to be so inspirational for so many. When travel fit is in every country in the world, and it's known everywhere, like 100%. I believe your story is gonna is gonna help people change lives as well. I just think like, you know, there's nothing stopping any of us from doing what we want. And a lot of people set these limitations on like, okay, I'll just do this here in my hometown and that's it. Fuck that. Like, you know, like everyone deserves the gift that you you can give. And the only gift I ever really want to give is just help more people understand themselves and be around a community of like-minded people so that they can have the things I never had when yeah. I was growing up. So what made you have the idea of combining physical and mental? Um, so you, like 
the reason I asked that is because before I met you, I didn't know much or if anything that an event or a company or organization, whatever it is that combines the two and actually does like events, does PTs, does everything, you know? So I'm really so curious. I, um, I, um, I kind of focus on three, three principles. I focus on um, mind, body, and soul. And these are very like commercialized things. Like everyone talks about it, but no one actually does it. They talk mm-hmm. about it and they don't do it. So I wanted at the time, I was just like, what is there? There's, there's all these other retreats that just do retreats. And there's all these brands that just do PT. And there's all these brands that just do nutrition. There's all these brands that just do mindset. And I was like, how good would it be if you could find a brand that focuses on every single thing? You've got this circle. And in this circle, you've got all these little principles and just by working on mind body and soul you can feel all these circles and you can now start to live your life better the wheels of your car start to cruise along a lot easier Mm. and people can actually have the fundamental things that they need in life to live a fun successful free life it it was never really about doing something different it was about stopping people taking the piss on one particular thing like everyone like this is just my perspective and this is just what i've seen over the years and you know everyone does their own thing but for me what i've noticed is everyone's trying trying to sell something that's like a fad that's trending or they're selling something out of selling someone's insecurities Mm -hmm. it's never really pure because if it was pure you'd give people the tools and the fundamental things that they need so that they don't have to see you ever again. Yeah. Not to be like, all right, well, I'll give you all this, but you pay an extra premium, you get this, and then you can go to this, my next event. So you can learn about this. You want to give everyone the tools as it is. I, the only thing I want is for people to have the fundamental things. There's so many, like there's nothing wrong with having advanced courses and and such. If you have the experience and you have the service and you're making a difference, but a lot of people are cookie cutter cuttering a lot of shit and they're saying this is that and this is this. Um, I just wanted people to learn the fundamentals. That's it. It's nothing advanced, just fundamental things to live a good life. And then they can go do all these other things, whatever they want to do. Mm. Um, learn the fundamentals, drive your car safely, and then start to upgrade like the rims on the car or the body shape or the color or the paint as you go. Yeah. Because you do need things, you do need specific things. But I just want people to know the fundamentals and I just want to serve normal general population of people who need it most instead of going to people who know this stuff. I want people who don't know this stuff because they're the people who need help the most. Mm. And what's a deep level of human connection, a part of that as well, because yeah, so everyone knows I went to Chris's travel fits first event and the connection of humans there was amazing. And I didn't know anyone there besides Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the connection's the biggest thing like the whole the whole brand like and when i say this i say this because i know it is going to be this is the most powerful point about travel fit is the community mm. it's the connection that we you go to an event and people say all right we're gonna go hike up this mountain everyone's here cool sweet no before you go up there you introduce yourself to everyone we do some speed dating you like you know speed friend dating you you meet some friends you got 20 seconds say a few things build those those fundamental 
friendships. And then as they go up, there's no awkwardness. They can start to have these deeper conversations. They can start to be like, this is sick. This is what I love. This is why I'm here. And it stops the surface level shit. Mm. We, the biggest focus is having, I love talking shit, but having, having deep conversations in comfortable environments is the biggest thing so that people don't have to worry about like trying to make friends in situations or environments that aren't actually going to lead them to what they're actually looking for. Mm. So the connection of souls in one of your friends. And that, yeah. And that's where you, where you get that soul fulfillment by experiences, by, you know, hiking a mountain, by meeting new friends, by, um, I guess doing something uncomfortable that's out of that autopilot. Yeah. And I can agree to all that your event was, I highly recommend it. I'm not just saying that it's because I'm your friend. I'm saying that because <laughs> I truly believe it. And if you ask people, they'll tell you that I've said to them, that's one of the best events I've been to. And I've been to quite a lot of events this, oh, not last year now. And yeah, yeah, yeah last travel fits up yeah. there. So, no, which, I really appreciate so when did Breathe and Connect come about? So if people that, that don't know about Breathe and Connect, could you do a bit of explanation? Yeah. So like Breathe and Connect is one of our most popular community events. We do a bunch of community events. So for people to understand and where Travel Fit's going, the goal is a thousand events around the world, community events. Um, so that's like Hikers Club, Runners Club, Breathe and Connect, workouts, yoga, um, educational workshops, power presence, which will be out this year, uh, which is essentially very similar to TED Talks, but with a, a few points of difference. Um, and then to have retreats running all around the world as well. Um, but Breathing Connect is our most, most popular event because what people do is I saw a really big issue with, again, people in society today don't breathe correctly. So I try and uh, touch on breathing correctly in this. So it's understanding what travel fit is. I talk about travel fit so people can understand it, relate. And then we go through, uh, how to breathe, breath work, and then a meditation. And, oh, sorry, and connection at the start, sorry. Yeah. So we start with connection because we break down the walls and create a little bit more vulnerability so that people can feel safe and they can meet a new friend and they can leave that day with a new friend. Um, and just allowing people to, through specific questions, selected questions, um, and particular things like, We'll do like a hug and then an eye gaze because it's really good yeah. um, for releasing oxytocin. But mm. when you go through a hug, you release oxytocin, the happy hormone, love hormone. Um, and then when you're doing an eye gaze, it allows you to actually break down the uh, insecurities that you're holding within yourself, whether that be anger, resentment, prejudices on someone else. It allows you to see a human for more than just, uh, you know, a piece of meat on bones, but yeah. you see their soul so more you feel connected which is what we're all seeking in the world is connection that's why a person who's sad is a person who isn't connected to himself and others um is the, the clearest way i can say it um so after we go through connection we go through how to breathe everyone breathes through their mouth versus breathing through the nose so I, we when we do the breath work it's oral breathing which is through the mouth and in, in through the mouth out through the mouth but we also touch on how to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose normally every day because it's it is really important um and then we go into a a meditation so i like to touch on three meditations visualizations as well uh which is one to let go of 
any regret you've been holding on to for someone who may have left your life. Two, to let go of any resentment or anger towards someone who may still be here today, but you haven't let go of. And three, the ultimate version of yourself, what you can be in the future if you allow yourself to envision and feel the feelings of creating a future that you've always wanted, that you always could have if you actually allowed it. Mm. Um, so that's the Brain Connect event. It's the most popular thing and it's the most impactful event. Um, besides another event called the Good Day Challenge, which is like a, a whole other thing, like... Um, that event had 30,000 people involved in it when I first did it. Um, yes. That's sick. I think I told you about it. Um, and that's yeah. Right. 30,000. I just want to touch on that. Sorry. Like yeah. 30,000 people in one area as in Sunshine Coast. Am I correct? No. So like I created an event on Facebook yeah. years ago and I do this every year now. I do a little good date event. Um and it was just as many people posting as many good deeds as they could in this Facebook event. And I had people all around the world getting involved. It was so amazing. It was yeah. sick. And that's one of the, that is one of the other principles that Trail Fit was created on being human again. Everyone's so scared to be nice or to be kind or to give back or they forgot people have forgotten how to actually be a human, do a good deed for someone. The fulfillment that you get out of that will really give you something selfishly back, but it also inspires other people to do it. Mm. More people, the, the more kind people come into this world, the better the world gets. The less ripple effect. Fun. What was that, sorry? Create that ripple effect. You know, you do one good yeah. deed that passes on to the another. A hundred percent. It's it's just like, and this comes down to fundamentals in school, in our family, in so many social situations, we haven't been taught the fundamental things that creates a good human. And whether your belief is that is a good human, that's up to you or whatnot. But personally, the most successful people I know are the best humans I know. Hmm. We've all got to help each other. You know, we're in this world together. and We can't do it alone. Whether that's when they support or we offer support or we offer just a good deed like you're doing and the importance of that is huge because when i did my good deed after the four-day event i gave it to um i gave it to a bloke who was working at a bottle shop like i wasn't buying drinks so i was just stopping off on the way i'm getting pizza i grabbed the um the socks out of the car the like bright pink socks and like walked in the bottle i gave it to the dude that was working there he's like what are these for I was like, oh, just you're a good dude and I think you deserve a present. And then he was just like, I'm confused. And I was like, don't be, just accept. And he's like, yeah. thank you. Then his face went all red. And I just walked out. I was like, have a good day, man. And you could see how much it meant to someone just to be able to do that. But also the effect that had on me too. I walked out of that and I was like, I was anxious walking in because yeah. you know, you're anxious about giving someone, especially a dude at the bowl shop, bright pink socks. But <laughs> after it, I was just like, man, that was so good to be able to see the effect that had in someone. And, and that's soul fulfilling. Yes, it is. It's yeah. And having that and even reframing from anxious to excited, excited. Yeah. Yeah. Like, excited, yeah. That, that's a huge one too. Like 
we we um we're so focused on anxiety now because it's in our society so much that we forget that excited is actually the exact same feeling. Yeah, it is. Just a different perspective. Mm, it's a way of you. I think that might yeah. come. That also comes down to um like conditioned beliefs and stuff too. Like you said, with the way society is generalized anxiety. So limited beliefs. Do you have any tips for people to maybe deal or cope or overcome limited beliefs, conditioned beliefs? Limiting beliefs are really quite hard because it comes down to the person. Sorry, that's the bad way of saying it. Limiting conditioned beliefs are not hard, but it comes down to the person actually accepting that yeah. they want to change their limiting beliefs. So if you have someone who's always, their belief is, for example, all right, someone from another country who isn't from Australia is a bad person and they're taking our jobs. And your nan, yeah. your pop, your dad, your mum, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your auntie have all said this to you. That's something you've grown up with. That's something you believe. Now, if you wanted to change, change the chain of that, that belief, that valued belief that that's what you believe in, um, then you now need to challenge that thought. And this is where you can figure out your own values and your beliefs um, in the sense of, all right, so my thought is, all right, someone who comes in my country and steals my job is a waste of space and should be shot. Okay, why? Yeah. Why? Tell question me why. It. Yeah. Yeah, question. Like, and and don't, don't bullshit. Be the observer. Figure it out. Like, the best way to change a habit or a belief or recondition the mind comes from shifting your perspective in looking at all different scenarios. Okay. How would he feel the person who's coming from another country into a new place that he has no friends, no family, and he has no job mm. scared. Okay, cool. So would you say that him being scared, nervous, afraid that maybe he won't get a job, maybe he won't find a house, maybe he won't be able to support his family. Maybe he is, you know, in a worse predicament or a worse scenario than me. Yeah, for sure. So would it be, you know, okay for me to be like, all right, well, I actually have compassion and love for this, this yeah. human, or, you know, I just have compassion and understanding, understanding being the biggest one. Um, how does that make me feel? Okay. I don't feel as resentful, as angry, as um, negative, negatively charged towards that person. So now I can actually understand his frame of mind of where he is at and i can no longer be conditioned by this belief that he is a bad person it's like accept and act accept and yeah. act understand, understand understand like really understand someone else's perspective before you create a projection so you know what do we say Perce perception is projection right yeah so what is it that you're projecting onto someone else that you don't like about them? Because that's what you don't like about yourself. What are you running from? What are you, what are you scared of? Like, what is it that you're not facing that mm. you need to face? Because oh. as soon as you face, need to face, then you can change. Well, it's like someone else's, when you see a blind spot in someone else, it's usually a blind spot within you. hundred percent. Definitely. And it, mm. and it's just like, what, do you know one thing I I started to do, I can't tell you when, I have no idea, but I just remember it might have even been in London where I challenged a thought. No, actually it was when I came back, I moved to the Sunshine Coast and I read 
two books that really influenced me, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And How to Win Friends and Influence People is a really good book because it helped me actually create more compassion for other people and understanding because I then allowed myself to ask questions about why they were acting in a certain way and why I was getting agitated by them. Mm. Um, Breaking the Habit was really good because that allowed me to start to look at cognitive behavioral therapy stuff too. Um, I did a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy when I was in London, like a little course, but then I read that this book and it just leveled up a whole, whole nother way. Um, when you start to try to understand other people, why they act in a certain way, you then can actually have a little bit more compassion, uh, for them. And then when you start to think about yourself in the sense of like, how am I thinking, speaking and acting and how is that behavior transitioning from those things? when you start to shift yourself in that perspective and you start to understand other people and then you start to audit your experiences, that's when you start to actually change yourself. So, okay, I had a conversation with someone and I didn't say a word or I didn't actually really get involved in the conversation because I just didn't feel like it. Well, maybe you should have made an effort to actually get involved in the conversation. Challenge yourself be uncomfortable and start to define and create the person that you've always wanted to be. Did you want to speak more? Did you want to be more louder? Okay. Maybe you're scared to be loud because when you were a child, someone told you to shut up Mm. every day. So now you no longer speak too loudly or you're not confident in yourself to actually speak up. All right. Well, now's the time to shift those habits and behaviors. And when we shift those habits, behaviors that goes into our values and beliefs, when we know the mission behind it. I love how you touched on perspective that went on that rabbit hole of everything that you just went down because there's a lot of insight and a lot of knowledge there that a lot of people can take away from that. And the thing like you touched on perspective, you know, and limited and conditioned beliefs, it's like people say, I can't do this, but they can do this. And they need to change perspective from I can't do this to I can do this. And how can I do this? The biggest thing, hey, how? How, how can you do anyone can it's so crazy like and it's okay like i am such a advocate for being like all right cool like we're all gonna fucking self-sabotage at times and it's gonna happen all right sweet i did this now i'm gonna take responsibility and i'm gonna change it yeah how can i change it cool how can i get to the next point in my life this asking the question how is so it's such a good question it is be curious adventurous Yeah, it leads you down so many things because so many people don't question who they are, what they do, or where they are. Hmm. And that's why they never change. Yeah. It's like the thing, you know, you do the same habits, you get the same results. Hmm. That's why I'm so open to people criticizing me or with constructive criticism. There is a difference between constructive criticism and pure, uh, you know, criticism like people just putting you down just to put yeah. a line in the my uh my fellow empaths and well but when like, the when the intentions are pure and um yeah this is you, you you know it you know because mm-hmm. the ones that actually just do it to throw shade that's just them putting their insecurities on you but the ones who are true in their intentions when they give you this feedback you can actually accept it because you know it's coming from a good place whether you agree with it or not you don't feel any resentment towards it because you know 
the intention behind it. hundred percent. And, you know, just being okay, you know, touching on like, again, detoxing, cutting out negative things or people or experiences that aren't serving you too and being okay with doing that. Mm. Setting boundaries is the biggest thing that we all struggle with in life because sometimes we don't realize that we don't have any boundaries set up. Yeah, like I I understand when people say say yes to everything and you live a good life. Yeah. I understand where it's coming from, but I don't particularly agree with it to say yes to everything lifestyle because like you said, you need boundaries. Like you do need to say no sometimes. Like you do need to family say no and understand what you want and what your values are and what your beliefs are. A good example would be like, being a yes man to two different scenarios. Okay, so you want to better yourself. You want to stop drinking and whatever. All right, cool. Come come out on a spontaneous trip to the city. We'll, we'll drink heaps. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be a cool party. Or there's the other scenario where it's like, all right, let's get up at 4 a.m. We're going to go see sunrise at the top of Mount Biwa. Hmm. Which one aligns with your values more and which is actually going to serve you more and which isn't going to pull you back down the rabbit hole into the darkness that you've been trying to get out of? I'll be taking Mount Biwa. <laughs> yes, <sir>. me too. <laughs> but that's the thing. And like being okay with doing that because so yeah. many people, me included in the past, I used to be so scared to say no to things that my friends wanted to do that I knew weren't serving me anymore that I like I struggled to do it. And, but, it, but as soon as I, I sat down, I was like, what am I going to do? That's going to serve me more when I was changing. No more, no more partying, no more bullshit partying. Um, fill that time slot with something else. Yeah. It's like, you don't down. have to wait. Yeah. Sorry, what are you, you saying? Don't, you don't have to wait for an invitation either. Mm, yes. Be spontaneous yourself. Invite yourself. <laughs> Invite yourself. All right, Chris, we're going to fucking Gold Coast tomorrow. Sweet. All right, cool. We're going to go <laughs> bunch of friends and go breathe on the beach. Cool. All right, done. Yeah, sounds wicked. Yeah. But that's it. Eh? Like, Sit back, reflect, and make a conscious decision of what you want to do next. What actually serves you. Hmm. is the biggest thing what was that sorry don't be don't be afraid to be alone yeah don't be afraid to be alone because at the end of the day we go to bed with our own thoughts you know so no matter what no matter how busy we keep ourselves for the day at the end of the day we are by ourselves like even if we're sharing the bed with someone we're still alone in our thoughts and you're going to work on those thoughts so you can actually oh i'm saying about to sneeze oh so you can, so you can actually, you know, I've lost my train of thought now. Um, well, that sneeze completely threw me off. <laughs> go to bed. Yeah, you go to bed with your own thoughts. So you want to put the daily practices in. So when you go to sleep or when you are with your own thoughts and you are alone, you're comfortable with it. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Being comfortable with yourself is the, the best way that you can do because it really affects everything. Mm. If you're not comfortable with yourself, if you're not confident with yourself, then you're not really driven by yourself. Mm. And if you're not driven by yourself, how can you be driven in other things like pursuing 
professional goals or having a successful relationship or being happy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And with the travel fit full day experience, how long in the process was that until it came to fruition? A long time. Um, (laughs) That's why I wanted to touch on it because it wasn't an overnight success. It took time and struggle. And that's why I wanted to touch on it because it's a beautiful journey. I failed three times, I'm pretty sure. I tried to host a week event, a week-long event in Byron Bay three times. The first time I was working with someone um, who was going to help me build it and then, you know, it didn't really end up working out. He ended up costing me a bit of bit of theoretical money, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, that ended up being about twenty thousand dollars in theoretical money, which was yeah. my time. Um, and so that lost me some brand endorsements. It lost me some deals. It lost me the location. It lost me a lot of stuff. Um, so that didn't work out. Second time, COVID happened. Third time, COVID happened. Um, a year between. So it took me two and a half years to actually launch the first event. And what was the feeling from that? Take it back, take yourself back to the day of the event. What was your feeling before the first person rocked up? And what was your feeling when the last person left? You know, like if you've ever visualized something in your life for such a long time, that you could see it as clear as crystal and and still having that self-belief that you were going to you were going to make something that was identical to this mission and that was going to happen no matter what didn't matter how many times you got punched in the face didn't matter how many times you failed it it was going to happen regardless and when i saw the first person rock up when i started to see the team of people who were on there on the day coming to help me hmm. And then I started to see people rocking up for the day experience. It, you know, the feeling I had was just like, holy fuck, it's happening. This mm. is it. We're here. It's real. And, you know, I just had to, like, I'd say pinch myself, but I, I probably had to slap myself in the face to be like, holy shit, like, this is, like, it's ac- actually happening. Like, after so many people said, just give up. It's not working. Stop wasting your time. Or, no, nah, you won't be able to do it. You don't have a skill set. Or, no, nah, it's just, you know, too many people doing it. It's nothing like it. Don't worry. And just having, you know, all those things in that that moment at the start being like, you fucking did it. You fucking bastard. Good on you. Um, like just that, <laughs> that feeling of being proud and being content and following through and just having that fulfillment of I'm on the mission. Um, now it begins. Yeah. And it didn't start in 2016. It started from, from that first retreat. That was the beginning. The rest was just the warm-up. The warm-up. Yeah. The, stre- the stretching. The stretching. It's, and now we're on the court. Mm. And now we're just going to lo- keep versing a few local teams. Then we'll go state. Then we'll go country. Then we'll go international. And then we'll just keep building. You know, at the end of the retreat, when the last person left, I just like said when I said goodbye to everyone, and I just kind of like uh, sat on the deck by myself, and it was just an overwhelming feeling 
of joy of just feeling like I could have stopped there and I would have been happy. Mm. Just the feeling of knowing that I stuck to my word, my integrity to follow through with it and that it didn't matter Mm. what anyone else had to say after that point. I did it and I followed through and that was, yeah, that was everything to me. Look, I like uh-huh. you, you, you get me a bit emotional. Eh? <laughs> just um, it just shows people that once you stick your mind to a goal or whatever it is in life, something you want to achieve, whether it's financial, whether it's mental health, whether it's um something you want to manifest, you know, if you stick to it and you know, you quiet out the people who reflect their own bullshit onto you saying you can't do this, you can't do that. When you realize that's their own insecurities within them. And you just think, fuck it, I'm going 100% in, I'm doing this. And then when that moment happens and you see the fruition, it's such a beautiful thing, man. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy for you, but I'm also happy for everyone that got to experience it. Yeah. Oh, man. Like it, the feedback was amazing. Like I know the feedback was going to be good, but I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, which was even better. Hmm. Just like having, you know, yourself with the beautiful comments that you said and a few of the other guys and girls and everyone really just said this was one of the best things they've, they've done and that it helped them on. The trend that I noticed was it helped everyone on, on a deeper level and that's the whole purpose. So guidance. Uh- Yes, I've got a question. So that travel fit for um, full day event, if yeah. Chris at 20 years old, depressed or had depression, anxiety, I believe it was 20, came to that event, what advice would you give to him at that event? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> the advice I'd give to him at his worst point I guess would be it doesn't matter what you've done or who people think you are. It only matters what action you take Mm. from today to move and be better. That would probably be it. I like it. Because... You know, everyone wants a restart. The, the reason that people think about like killing themselves is because at that time, the emotional state that they're feeling is a, a place inside them in their home that they, they're not comfortable with. They're not comfortable with themselves. They don't feel safe. Mm. But when we realize that we don't need to restart, but all we really need to do is look forward one step at a time and then, you know, Every, every now and again, when you need to have a breather, you need to have a break, you know, stop on the step, look up, see the view, see how far you've gone, see where you're going. That's all you need. Mm. Just keep looking where you're going and where you want to be and you'll be there when, it, when the time comes. That's amazing. 20-year-old Chris, be proud of you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good place to end, you know. We've wrapped up the beautiful journey of where you're at now. Is there anything additional you'd like to talk about 
or anything you want to say, any comments or anything you want to put out there to the world? I think we like we covered a lot, but I think if I have to say one thing to someone who was in a place where they felt alone or felt like they had no purpose, I just say challenge yourself in the sense of challenge your thoughts. Ask yourself if you could be or do or feel anything you want to, what is it that you would have to do if if you were the main actor in your own movie? What could you write on the script that would turn you from being at the bottom to working your way to the top Mm. and then do it? That goes back to the how, which I like. It's a good piece of advice because it's all about the how. The how. The and how and the can. And if you never lose, you never win. That's, never lose, you never win. That's stuck with me. Well, <laughs> where can everyone find Travel Fit, Chris Walker on socials or up-and-coming events that you have? Yeah, so... Probably the best place to follow Travel Fit would be on the Instagram account, uh, which is Travel Fit Global. Hmm. And then we've got Travel Fit Tribe, which is our community. And then we also have Travel Fit Global on Facebook. But um, Travel Fit Travel Fit Global on Facebook has all our events, so our retreats and our community events. Um, and that's where we'll post everything that's happening and. We have an upcoming day experience on February the 26th. Um, so if you're around and you want more information, just let myself or, or Ryan know and we'll be able to point you in the right direction. And I'm always happy to help if anyone needs. Awesome. And then you have your own podcast too? Yeah. So um, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a podcast called In Progress, uh, which is on... Uh, Spotify and Apple and a few other channels. So if you just search In Progress by Travel Fit, you'll see uh, that one on there as well. You can listen to my my own story in a lot more detail too. Awesome. Well, I'll chuck all that as like tags in the description for this episode. So anyone who can't find it, just go to the description of the episode and you'll be able to find it all. I just want to finish this off with saying thank you for coming on the One Talk tonight, Chris. It's been a privilege getting to know you over the last nine months and it's a privilege to have you in my life and i'm so proud to see everything that you are doing and seeing your work come to fruition and i wish you nothing but success and good health mate thank you very much i really appreciate the kind words hmm. i was just like oh straight in the heart <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah no i really appreciate you know you having me on tonight um letting my share my letting me share my story and even, you know, being a part of your journey and seeing all the amazing things that you're doing and seeing all the amazing, knowing the things that are coming um, <laughs> as well. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. People yeah. be suspense now. Um, <laughs> really appreciate the, the access service that you're doing for the world too. Thank you, brother. And um, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed conversing in it and Take care. We'll all see you next time. See you later. Yeah.